information to help you run your business better and improve your marketing campaigns. My name is Hank Hoffmeyer, and thank you for joining me on Hank's Marketing and Business Tips. Welcome to episode 283 of the HMBT podcast. Today, I'm joined by no one other than George Coker. He's a data-driven leader with experience building and managing high-performance sales and marketing teams. He's a graduate of Cornell University and worked as an analyst at Barclays Capital and VP of Business Development at Sunspire Health, where he helped grow the organization to 16 locations and an eventual sale to Kohlberg Private Equity. After Sunspire Health, George took over as VP of Business Development for Lakeview Health, portfolio company of the Riverside Company, where he also helped within their healthcare fund. He currently serves as the founder and CEO of Brand North, a digital marketing and growth consulting agency that focuses on applying sophisticated marketing strategies and technical solutions to local businesses and national businesses within behavioral healthcare. Also, I've said a lot there, but also George is very active in crypto, Web3, and NFTs as the founder and CEO of 3ZY Labs. George, that was a lot. That was a mouthful. Glad you're here to share your knowledge and experience. Uh, I yep. think really what we need to dive in today is like growing and scaling a business, which is something you did taking an organization and getting them up to 16 locations. I couldn't even think of starting a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donuts and scaling it that big, but you've done something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. It was uh, that experience was actually what got me interested in digital marketing and, and kind of uh, growth consulting and just business building business operations in the first place. Prior to that, I actually my degree was in economics. I went directly into trading stocks and bonds on on Wall Street after college. So I was developing those skills, but I'd never grown a company myself. So I got a little sick of just trading. It was it was awesome, but I wanted to gain more operational experience. So uh got that opportunity and we grew. I think it was kind of I think it was definitely a result of right place, right time. We're just in a good industry at the right time to be in that industry. So that definitely does play a role. But I had to figure out so many things about just how to develop marketing efficiencies, how to develop sales efficiencies, where can you have economies of scale if you've got if you're trying to scale and grow an organization where every location probably, you know, costs three million dollars to start and you know, pretty significant startup um burn rate and things like that. So how can you develop efficiencies as you're growing an organization like that? And um, I was a leader in that organization that helped drive that, but there were also a lot of very smart people that helped to kind of mentor and and train me. So it was just an awesome experience. And then um, after that, I, I kind of got recruited to do the same thing again. So I had the luck of doing that several times pretty early on in my career. And then I started my own agency to replicate that. Being a trading can't be for the faint of heart. What are some things maybe that you feel like you learned or some, some mistakes you made that you learned from? 
Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, it's not for the faint of heart. It is people think of Wall Street, I would just say is like Wolf of Wall Street. That's that's wholly inaccurate, um, at least for if you're working at one of the top five, 10 major bulge bracket banks like I was with doing internships at Goldman Sachs and at Barclays Bank of America, and then ended up working full time at Barclays. And these are people that are all American of the, you know, uh, lacrosse player at Harvard, like top of their class type type people are just not messing around at all. You know, they're I, I mean, I when I talk about it, I literally don't believe that I saw the light of day for almost a year because I'd be getting into the office at 5 a.m., leaving at eight or nine o'clock at night. Same thing on the weekends and you develop amazing skills. So like there's no opportunity for mistakes. And if there's opportunity for mistakes, it's very much a culture of transparency where you're immediately going to get called out for that. There are several people that are there waiting to take your job. And it's very well known that that's the case. So it's performance-based. There's no, there's no better uh <clears throat> there, there's no better example of a meritocracy than in trading, where basically what that means is that you're rewarded based on your merit, and it's mm -hmm. extremely cut and dry. So you are doing well, or you're not doing well, and it, and it's that simple. So you definitely develop uh, thick skin, and and you have to be able to perform. So while I might not have developed the specific skill sets at that job that I wanted to transfer over. I developed the ability to execute and and commit to something. All right. I, I'm so glad I asked you that question. And maybe maybe we can teach people to be the wolf of marketing, right? Not not the wolf of Wall Street. Because right. there's some correlation to what I just asked you. And then you know, marketing or growing in business. A, a majority of my listeners are either uh consultants, coaches, or small businesses, or somebody that's looking to get started in small business. And I think we could scare them away with a lot of just even the terminology you mentioned and then what you did, you know, with stocks and, and trading. But you said that somebody's waiting to take your job. Same thing with when if you're not doing marketing or not doing it right there's other companies waiting to take your business or take your customers or customers that don't even know about you. Right. I, I think that's an important thing. And you learned early on the hustle and grind is real, even though, you know, with the pandemic and other generations feeling like they don't want to work a nine to five regardless, or even work more hours. If you want to grow a business, it's your business, or you want to be a CMO or something like that, or be the best marketer, the wolf of marketing, you do need to put in extra effort, but it's not going to be your whole life. I, I think that's what people forget. Put in the work up front, right? Put in extra hours, extra time, develop extra skills, knowledge over time. And then hopefully everything gets a little bit easier as you go and you hire people because you know you always hear that phrase, you need to work on your business and not in it. So it's important to tell people, yeah, you have to learn these lessons. You have to fail. You have to learn about what went wrong so you could do things right. And more importantly, just outwork your competitors. Let's dive into the marketing side now. Since you've grown and scaled businesses, let's start simplifying it. Let's let's dissect what you spoke about with growing and scaling, but not using all these like like big words, et cetera. What do you think are some of the key things people need to do to either market or you know <clears throat> sales to grow a business? What are some of the key things that you found that need to be done to grow a business? Yeah, I I think to me, I try to very much just go back to first first principles. And when I say that, I mean, 
what what drives the business why do people why do people need the business what types of customers need the business and then i like to look at it from every single different way that people are finding the business and making sure that that is tracked um so i i just think that that's unbelievably important when you get into i'm not very educated on e-commerce for instance that's not my thing but i would imagine it's easier with with e-commerce i i just i want to know to start off with how are people finding the business and how are people interacting at the point of sale with that business and what's the roi for every single channel so apologize i tried to say that in not too many big words but i want to look at i want to know the attribution how is the company making money and where are they making money from and i start there and i i start to build on top of that because those are the key drivers right, right. If, a, if one sales channel is not performing then what are the levers in the business that we can pull to get the same result if facebook dies then you know can we run up TikTok or can we get into SEO services and all, all of these different things. But I, I want to have the tracking and understanding of, of all of that. Let's take that and iterate on that. That was great, actually. Okay. You need to identify, you know, who wants your product, you know, where they are, et cetera, like identification and building out that, that description. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's say I'm a business owner and I'm getting started and I, I have that description. I, uh, people, uh, it is soccer moms and dad coaches that buy my product or, or my consultant, whatever it is. Right. I have identified that, but now I have analysis paralysis. Now that I know that, what do I need to do? to engage with and convert those people that I have identified. Yeah. I mean, I like to do all of the things to, <laughs> to be honest with you. Like I, I like to cast a very wide net and I do like to, like I said, I want to make sure that the tracking is in place first, but I try to throw as much at the wall as I possibly can and start to, for the purpose of collecting enough data to see what's actually working. Right. right. If you haven't exhausted an, an effort, you really don't know whether it's going to work or whether it's not going to work. So I like to be of the philosophy and mindset of let's track everything and then let's do a bunch of different activities and see where it all falls out and learn from it. Continue to iterate. It, it scared me at first because I was like, oh, my God, my comments, my social media channels are going to blow up with feedback of you can't just do everything because that costs too much. It's too much time. But you you basically were saying, like, try things and test them, throw the spaghetti at the wall. I use the term fail fast. Right. Exactly. Do that. Right. Try pay per click, throw some money at that. And uh, maybe, you know, like I mentioned, soccer moms and dad coaches, maybe they don't react to pay per click. You tried it for three months and you threw a good deal of money and you optimize your ads, but it's just not working. But then you found Instagram works, right? They you double down on that. You take the efforts from the PPC and you put it into Instagram or whatever. But I, I like your mentality of trying everything because even though you could do all the market research in the world and it might tell you that they're on LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube, but then you try it out and it just doesn't work for you because every business is different. And, you know, you mentioned identifying your audience, but you need to hone that down and, and find out if that data is true by doing that testing. Yeah. And, and measuring, right? Like 
some people might not know, you have to measure, use Google Analytics or whatever it is, or even you know a spreadsheet, just track how many leads you're getting from each channel so you know what's succeeding and what's not. So this is going great. This is flowing great. It's, it's identifying your audience. Then mm-hmm. it's going and trying to find what channels are the best to use, right? Identifying that. Let's talk a little bit more about, okay, now we have identified, say, our top three channels. Uh, what are some things that we can do to make sure that we are standing out from the crowd, um, beating our competitors and getting more business? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, most of this, I'm speaking from the hat of being a chief marketing officer, not necessarily as a as an agency owner and how I specifically serve clients. But um, if, if I'm a business owner or I'm engaging with, with an agency, I and really as an agency owner also. So speaking from from all of the different hats, I want to make sure that the content and what I'm putting out there is unique. It, that's really what I've been focusing on over the last six months. I think uniqueness is huge, right? Like doing what we're doing right now, this is, this is an authentic conversation. If the business isn't engaged in that authentic conversation and they're just expecting an agency partner or to like flip a switch and get all of this great, amazing, unique content. It doesn't matter how much you're paying or what you're doing. If you're not actively involved in that process, there's no way that you're going to get unique information and and unique content out there that actual customers want to see. So I think that's the biggest thing, in my opinion, right now, Google is actually being spammed by AI generated content. Um, I, I love AI just, you know, for is a footnote for for the record, you know, I use it in a million different things that we do. But at the end of the day, everybody, whenever there's a new shiny tool, people abuse it. And right now we quite literally have billions of pages that are being added to the internet, whether it be <laughs> Instagram posts or, you know, new web pages, new websites, any of those things. We're literally talking about billions of extra pages that are being added every single day on top of what was being added, you know, a year or two years ago because of all of these tools, right? So how do you actually stand out from that? And how do you actually um, kind of be heard above the noise? And to me, it's you just have to be legitimately unique. If you're creating a page on your website for a service, do you have somebody from the business that's on video explaining that service that is actually helpful? like that actually describes what, what that service is and what you get from it. Um, otherwise, if, if not, that's, it's, it ends up being kind of uh, rendered useless in this day and age. And, and that's just my opinion. I think that there's nothing worse to me than seeing companies, whether they're established or not using what I call robotic content or hiding behind plain vanilla content, going into Canva, just putting text on like a background and then sharing it like a quote. Uh, just one up that a little bit, right? Just add a picture of yourself because now you can remove a background with Canva. Just put a silhouette of yourself, point it. I do that all the time. Uh, but if you're hiding behind just going in and being lazy, which is what you'll be considered as doing and just putting that type of content out there, they don't get to know your personality, which is what you were kind of mentioning. Putting a video on a website, explaining your product or service, it helps build that that relationship more rather than just something that's cut and dried. It looks like every other type of 
business that might compete with you out there. Like if I sell windows and I just put pictures of windows and, you know, have headings about how I sell windows and how they're uh, have dual thermal panes and save me X amount of money and energy. It's not really going to convince me to have a conversation or buy the product or service. And you mentioned AI. I'm doing a talk next week at a, a, a search conference around using AI and email marketing. And I always, and I talk about use it, but it's confidently wrong a lot. Take it, iterate on it, polish it and use it. Let it give you inspiration, ideas, and help you just generate maybe 60 to 80% of your content, but tweak it and use it. And you can teach these AI tools to use your personality and use your described audience that we were talking about earlier. Don't be afraid to use it, but then again, don't rely on it like a crutch, I guess is what I would say to people, right? Yeah, it's it's an enhancer, not a replacement is how I like to refer to it. Yeah. And I I definitely feel like AI image generators are just not there yet. Uh, and I and I explained that in my talk because I, I took a picture. It's it's um the title's called Email Marketing for the Last of Us, How to Survive a Marketing Apocalypse. And yeah. I I go through and I I have a fictitious company and where I have antifungal cream, haha, <laughs> joke, joke. And you know, I asked these AI tools to create me an image of a product of antifungal cream. And I mean, some of them did okay, some were horrible, and I show that. And none of them, even uh, you know, some of the ones where you pay a lot of money, they mid journey, it didn't really do it did okay as far as the product, but there's just some things that still did not get right. And I'd have to use Photoshop to fix. Uh, mm -hmm. Therefore, stock images are good or actual products of your uh, your company people, et cetera, work greatly. This is a great conversation. And I think there's so much value in what we spoke about. I wrote out a couple options for our uh, uh, title of our show already. And that normally never happens. Sometimes I'm struggling <laughs> to come up with a topic for the show, the, the tagline, but what else do you think is necessary? Because, you know, you've grown companies and, and you've grown organizations uh, to have more than one location. What do you think is the mindset of a person when they get into business? And they're doing okay, but they're just not able to get to that next level because they're afraid of something. What things do you think people need to know to build confidence to be able to go to the next level? I bet you've took a lot of risk uh, and you've probably done some things that are outside of the box to, to grow businesses. What are some things that you can offer the audience some information to help them gain confidence in what they're doing once they get started or if they're looking to get to that next level? Yeah. Well, first off, I would just, if anybody here that's listening to this as an entrepreneur, I give yourself a pat on the back because I learned through starting Brand North, my digital marketing agency, that it is it is difficult. Um, when I was working in private equity and, and growing all of these businesses, I was in this big, you know, amazing, prestigious position and, and doing very well in board meetings and growing all these companies. But I'll tell you what, when you have resources, it's a lot easier, right? When you're bootstrapping something with your own bank account and you're employee number one, it's not quite, you know, it's not quite yeah. so easy. So, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur, I just, uh, you know, cut, cut yourself a little bit of a break and give yourself a, a pat on the back because it is it is difficult. I find myself getting caught up in the weeds in things with my business that I never was caught up in when I was managing 600 employees. I didn't run into those things. So I I definitely feel for all the entrepreneur brothers and, and sisters out there. Um, but yeah, I, I would just say that it's extremely important that no matter what you're doing, whether it's it's marketing related or as you know, 
SOP, standard operating procedure related, I would over document and just continue going back to what is the goal of what I'm trying to accomplish? How does that help my business? What is the, you know, what, how is this going to have a, a positive impact? And I would write those out in steps and create training on those things and, and all of that over and over and over again. Um, I found it extremely difficult during the first two years to actually uh, train other people on my knowledge base that I was trying to pass off and, and hire around. So that took me a, a really long time and I wish that I had focused on that easier uh, or not easier, but earlier. I <laughs> slip of uh, slip of the tongue, but if I had focused on that earlier, I feel like I would have saved myself probably one to two years in our our kind of ramp up period. Um, we've gotten there now. It's year three to three and a half of the of the business, and I feel like we've really just hit our stride in the last um, six to nine months. So yeah, I would just say documenting early on and not just documenting the the process, but creating training on on that process so you can hire people efficiently around it. Um, and I think that principle applies for almost any part of the business or no matter what business you're in, I think that that's just extremely important. I think you just gave me a quotable. Uh, I was just writing while you were talking. Uh, and when it comes down to doing anything with business, a lot of people execute, right? They execute and they find out if they failed or if they succeeded, but first you got to plan, then you need to execute, then you need to reflect, like, like analyze and, uh, and dissect what happened and then iterate from there, right? Make changes and make future plans. Uh, that's awesome. I think making sure that you are looking, measuring and analyzing what you're doing all along the way helps you. And you mentioned saving one to two years. That's huge for a small business, like being stagnant or losing two years worth of possible profitability or growth that's that's huge um i mean a lot of businesses go out of business within a year me. or two i was gonna say like it could have it, it would have killed my business like i i planned a, for about two years before i started my business i was saving money and doing things like that but if i wasn't in the financial position that i was in prior to starting my business that would have been enough to put the nail in the nail in the coffin so yeah i totally agree and um and also just one thing i'd add is it's the same thing for a marketing campaign i look at it in the same way right you you plan you have your definition of what is good mm -hmm. right what is the definition of good what is a good outcome and then track against that whether you're meeting that definition of good or not and i try to do that for all different parts of of the business that's awesome. I, I appreciate you being here and it's great. I think we need to have another session down the road. Uh, but in yeah. the meantime, George, how can people find you, connect with you and learn more about growing their business? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my company is Brand North. It's brandnorth.com. I've got different socials. You can find all of them if you go to georgecoker.com, K-O-C-H-E-R. Uh, I have all my different socials on there. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn starting to get in the process of creating some more content. So hopefully you'll be seeing me around a little bit more on YouTube. There's, there's not much there now, but uh, yeah, everything's under my uh, personal name or under brand North. Awesome. I, I think it's great. We went from talking about trading, right. To working and hustling to growing successful businesses. I, I think if you can do it, I think others can do it, whether they're currently just in a marketing role or growing a business, starting a business, 
just follow the simple fundamentals that we explored today. And I think you can succeed. I do want to give a quick shout out to Kickbox. You know, I, a lot of people know I work for Kickbox. It's an email list uh, verification service. Uh, we had a regional retreat for the American Marketing Association, which I'm on the board for, for my local chapter. They gave us a bunch of swag and it was well received at the, the conference and a couple of people signed up. And if you're looking to make sure that you have uh, valid email addresses to send to, track, uh, check out Kickbox, kickbox.com. But George... It was a pleasure. I think you have such a wealth of knowledge and people hopefully will reach out, connect with you, follow you. And I want to see you create more content. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you for having me on. All right. Until next week, folks, go out, have some fun and grow a business or build some marketing skills.